This is Miss Val, the author of Life is Short, Don't Wait to Dance, and I am on After the Glory with Gary Stern and Lucy Singh. Hey, this is James Oney on After the Glory with Gary Stern and Lucy Singh. Hi, this is Derek Cox, and it's been a pleasure being here on After the Glory with Gary Stern and Lucy Singh. What do Hall of Fame gymnastics coach Valerie Condos field? Football's Derek Cox and baseball's James Loney have in common? They all appeared on After the Glory. This is Gary Stern, and along with Lucy Sang, we thank Miss Val, Derek, and James for helping us kick off another season of conversations with elite athletes who prove once again that the traits of personality and character that made them elite athletes are the same ones that allow them to establish lives of meaning and purpose once their playing days are over. Lucy and I created this podcast because we are admirers of elite athletes and the challenges they face in making that often difficult transition at a young age to new challenges. After all, imagine the commitment, often since childhood, it takes to become the best in a sport, but then the realization that your time at the top of the mountain is so fleeting. So much of your life is ahead of you. What Lucy and I have found is that these elite athletes are elite people with stories we know you will find inspiring. We hope you enjoy this edition of After the Glory. Welcome back to After the Glory. This is Gary Stern along with Lucy Sang. And today in our continuing series on elite athletes uh, who graduated from or attended UCLA, we are really, really thrilled to have uh, a most recent inductee to the UCLA Athletics Hall of Fame. Uh, Noel Quinn is a professional basketball coach and former player who is presently the head coach for the Seattle Storm of the WNBA. Uh, currently, during the offseason, is serving as an assistant coach for the Canadian national team. Uh, Noel was a standout high school player and then started UCLA before playing in the NBA and overseas. Born in Los Angeles, she played her high school ball at Bishop Montgomery High School in Torrance, California, where she achieved All-American honors. She led her high school team to, a, to four California state championships, three regional crowns, and three division championships. She was a four-year star player for the UCLA Bruins, 2003 to 2007. During her career at UCLA, she played in 107 games, scored 1,829 points, averaging 17.1 points per game. 2007, Noel was drafted in the first round by the Minnesota Lynx of the WNBA. She had a successful 12-year WNBA career playing ball for the Lynx, also the LA Sparks, and teams in Washington, D.C., Phoenix, and Seattle. Her pro career highlight was winning the WNBA championship in 2008 with the Storm, for whom she now coaches. And we'll talk a little about how that all came about but, you know, Noel, I want to start with something that I noticed from an article in the Seattle Times in May of 2021 when you essentially uh, took on the head coaching job rather suddenly, I gather, from a longtime head coach who, who uh, stopped uh, uh, coaching the team. And, and that is you talked about, quote, for me, it's important that I'm not just a woman. I'm a black woman. I sit with that every day. Sometimes that can be a negative, a double negative for me to be a woman and be black but I'm empowered by that. There's value in that. My experience is in that. It shapes me. It has molded me. And that is who I am. I am super honored to hold this. And I really wanted to start with that because 
as we tape this, we have just finished a, um, a week of questioning of a first black Supreme Court justice. And the some people treated her with the way that black women have learned to be treated, which is less than the way they should be. And I'm curious with the number of uh, of black head coaches in the WNBA, some some 19. Uh, have you found it a little easier to gain the respect, or is that still a constant challenge um, uh, in your career now as a coach? You know, it's, it's still evolving and understanding that I am the first um, black head coach, women coach for my organization. Um, I want to get to a point in our lifetime where I can say um, like, like being the first of something isn't this big because it's just the norm. And, um, you know, I, I under, you know, in my press start, I understand the magnitude of that. I, I stand on the, the, the shoulders of giants who come before me and I do have a responsibility to uh, walk in the way that they can be proud of me and, and work in a way that they that I can honor them. And, and like I said, I live with that every day, but that empowers me to just want to push and lock in harder and, and work um, even even more um, than than I already do, just because these opportunities don't come about. Um, is it getting easier? No. Um, is it getting talked about more? Yes. Are, are these opportunities and these doors opening? Yes, because now um, when people see that women like me um, can, are capable of um, leading teams, leading organizations, then um, we're able to then, you know, hire other people who look like me, other women who look like me, or be more prone and more open-minded to giving us opportunities because not only because of how we look, but because we are equipped to do the job. Um, so again, I, I sit in this position, I'm honored, and um, I, I know the magnitude of it, but I, I want to get to a position to where it's not um, like a, a surprising thing that this has happened. I, I really appreciate that first question because it just brings us right into how philosophical your your mindset and aura is. Tell us about your upbringing growing up and kind of where did this thought process develop? Because plenty of people have been first in whatever industries or world that they are, but most don't embrace it the way that you have and also think about what's to come, right? Tell us about your upbringing. Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles, um, very close with my family. Um, I, I I grew up around a praying grandmother and a strong black woman who <laughs> was no nonsense and but loving, um, you know, just uh, just showed me an example of like what a superwoman is. You know, my grandmother had eight children, seven boys and, and one girl. And the one girl was my mom. So just imagine wow. how powerful that is. Imagine what my my mom grew up in or surrounded around a lot of men, you know, but so so having to um, having that strength, but having to, you know, just understand what it what it means to be a woman in that standing up for yourself standing up against your brothers standing with your brothers and knowing that protection is there and just learning from just the strong um a mother and father and and that's where my my upbringing comes with, with just um just an envelopment of just family and love um but also my mom showed me you know how to work hard um she showed me what it is to sacrifice um to be an educator, uh, to provide for your family at times 
by yourself um, and to do it all like with this foundation um, of just understanding we're believers. So just understanding that, you know, it's, it's for a bigger purpose. Um, we're here in this world um, just to glorify, give honor to God, but also just being humble and, and, and understanding that we are blessed with what we have. And so to have that those representations of strong Black women in my life, in my family from an early age, that set the tone for me. So to be proud of who I am is, is because of what I am proud of and what I grew up and saw. And that is Amen. just, again, hardworking women um, who got the job done and, you know, not no knock. My father was around and my uncles were around. So I have strong men in my in my life as well. But I'm just surrounded by a lot of love and a, and a lot of people who poured into me and um, just gave me confidence in who I am and supported me in uh, in all my endeavors. And that happened to just be basketball at that point. But yeah, that's just my foundation. So when I talk about um, just like, walking and 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 I I sit with who I am every day is because I love it and I love who I am and they they gave me that love. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about how basketball came into Coach Quinn's life. When we come back on After the Glory, this is Gary Stern along with Lucy Singh and our very special guest. Coach Noel Quinn. Hello, this is Dean, third-generation owner of Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. We are located near UCLA in the heart of Westwood Village, where we have been since 1946. For 74 years, my family has stood for the highest standards of knowledge and integrity and are proud members of the prestigious American Gem Society. But it is our personal touch that truly makes us a cut above. Client relationships last for decades and generations. With six UCLA alumni, the family has supported UCLA for decades, including the famous Sarah Leonard Jewelers Watch Giveaway. For diamonds and colored gems, designer collections and estate jewelry, watches, custom design, and gorgeous gifts starting under $100, it's all here at Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. Mention the code GLORY and get 20% off your first purchase, plus a 10% UCLA discount on all future purchases. Call 310-208-3131 today for your appointment or visit us at sarahleonardjewelers.com. Free parking available. Again, call 310-208-3131. Use the code GLORY and experience the Sarah Leonard difference for yourself. And it's uh, back on After the Glory. Gary Stern here with Lucy Singh and our special guest, Coach Noel Quinn of the Seattle Storm. Uh, of the WNBA. Uh, Coach, let me ask you a question about uh, getting started. Um, Incredible family background, obviously great upbringing. I'm sure academics were a a huge uh, priority. Uh, Where did sports come in? Uh, One of the things we've asked many of our women guests uh, in in our Four Seasons Plus is uh, this sort of stereotype that people have about sports and women. Uh, Was it a challenge for you? Was it something that came easily for you and your family? How did you get involved in basketball? I always say basketball found me. Honestly, it was organic. Uh, my parents or no, no one really forced me to play or forced the ball into my hand. Like my mom would tell me stories of um, going to pick me up from like preschool, and the teachers like, "Yeah, me and Noel played against everybody on the playground, <laughs> and we won." You know, so basketball from an early age was um, important to me. I loved it. I watched uh, Showtime, Lakers growing up. Magic hey. Johnson was <laughs> Magic Johnson was one of my favorite. Players players. Um, and so from that, when my mom discovered that, you know, I, I, I liked it and I was playing it, um, she put me in like a, a skills and drills with um, uh, who it was taught by Jerry Chambers. He was an old time like NBA player. And Jerry, um, my first coach, Coach Chambers, he's amazing. He was just like, you know, I was I was in his skills clinic and my mom was like, oh, she's pretty good. And he's like, 
yeah, she's ready to go play, you know? <laughs> so entered me into like the, the league at the time it was all boys. And I was the only girl on the boys team and giving the boys the business and stuff, the best That's player right. on the team. So <laughs> yeah, it. um, from an early age, like basketball was always a part of my life. You mentioned your, your mom grew up with several brothers. What, what about you? Did you have siblings and kind of how did that impact you in terms of growing up around family and things like that? Yeah, I have an older sister. She's amazing. She's like my best friend ever. Um, But our age gap, our age gap was eight years. And so like when I was younger, you know, she was kind of more high school middle high school and I was kind of still elementary middle school so um, my my sister ran track and she's a beautician so she's into like doing hair and stuff so two two totally different paths what it was is kind of just like my school friends and my cousins surrounded by like the athletic part of it Um, and then just naturally my uncles are super athletic played various sports and stuff but again just no one forced me it was just kind of like I think maybe genetically (laughs) in my jeans and my makeup to, to pursue it. Did you hit the ground running at Bishop Montgomery or did you develop into the star player that you became by the time you finished? Because obviously you were recruited and uh, chose UCLA. But when did when did basketball look like it was going to get really serious for you? Man, I don't think I've ever shared this story, but um, I actually, you know, we we're really good coming out of eighth grade. A couple of my club team um, uh, teammates were already at the high school and me and the younger um, my younger cousin Nikki we were coming in as freshmen so we didn't but we didn't start summer basketball that year we we played volleyball oh I played volleyball she was a little little bit younger so I never I never really like talked to the basketball coach they never saw me they just heard that this athlete was in the school and I was playing volleyball at the time now I didn't I my, my volleyball career I wasn't very good freshman year I developed into a decent volleyball player I remember distinctly after my freshman year of volleyball season, talked to the coach a little bit and she's like, okay, well, we'll start you on JV just to see where you're at. Right. And so we had like this fall league game and it was directly after like our volleyball competition that day. And me and my teammate were juiced because we're like, okay, we're probably about <laughs> to start basketball. No one has seen us. We were taught, you know, everyone was talking about us. And so when we finally got into the game, then everybody's, everybody was like, oh, like okay this is different they're like these they're good freshmen you know what I mean they're in their element yeah yeah so she she kind of ate her words like started me on JV no how about I'm a varsity player and Mm. uh I'm about to change this program around you know what I mean so um yeah so I hit the ground running and you did because you had the state championships um tell us you get to your senior year uh recruiting what was that like uh we got a couple minutes before the next break Okay, it was amazing. Um, you know, up until my senior year, I was going to UCLA camps and, um, you know, UCLA was always in my heart, I think, just growing up. Um, but it came down to UCLA and Stanford. You talk about academics. Academics were super important to me. Um, and, you know, UCLA just showed so much love. And from day one, um, getting to know Kathy Olivier, T- Tia Jackson, and obviously the amazing Pam Walker that was like family. So I just remember one point my, my junior or senior year, I was just like, I'm, I don't want to go through this process anymore. I'm choosing UCLA. 
and um, called Coach Olivier and was like, I'm coming. And it was it was an amazing feeling. I still remember that day. But I think leading up to that day, they always showed so much love, whether it's through the letters, through coming to watch me play volleyball, showing up to my basketball games. It was always amazing to see Bruins in the, fan, in the stands. You know, I'm just glad to hear the other option wasn't that school across town. So never, I'm, never. I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what do you think we take a short break loose and when we come back uh, we'll talk a little bit about UCLA in terms of academics leadership and preparation for the uh, next phase of uh, life as an elite basketball player this Absolutely. is Gary Stern along with Lucy Singh and our guest coach Noel Quinn of the Seattle Storm hey this is Lucy Singh from Resiliency Coaching I am a certified mental performance coach focused on working with athletes transitioning into life after the glory days of sports. I help like-minded people become high performers and thrive in all areas of life. My goal is to serve as your accountability partner and offer different perspectives as you make tough decisions. Learn more about me on Instagram at resiliency underscore coaching, R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E underscore coaching. And thanks for tuning in to After the Glory. And we're back on After the Glory. This is Lucy Sang with Gary Stern and our very, very, very special guest, Noel Quinn. Noel, tell us about UCLA. I mean, each of us have been there and actually you fill in a time period that Gary and I don't know about. So tell us what it was like during your time at UCLA as a student athlete. Well, Poly Pavilion looked a little different. Our locker room was a tad bit smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but other than that, you know, it was a, a dream of mine to go to UCLA. And, you know, I was there around the time where Trevor Ariza was there on the men's side, Jordan Farmer, uh, Aaron Aflalo. So um, we, we had some good teams. And um, obviously, you know, we could talk the academics um, it was tough, you know, being a student athlete. But, you know, that's what, you know, builds your character is understanding that you're at the institution to first make sure your academics are intact. And then icing on the cake is being an athlete. So, you know, it was an amazing time. Um, football team, Maurice Jones-Drew was running back during that time, Mercedes Lewis. Um, Who was you know, just inducted a, too, right? Yeah, yeah. just inducted mm-hmm. to the Hall of Fame. Chrissy mm-hmm. Zartman was on the volleyball team. Love it. Um, it, it was a lot of great athletes in a, in a great time to be a Bruin. I'm curious, uh, being there from 2003 to 2007, uh, Coach Wooden was coming toward the end of his life. Did you have a chance to to meet Coach uh, during your time at UCLA? I did actually. Um, in 2003, I was a, I was a McDonald's All American, and at the All American game, I got a chance to meet Coach Wooden and take a picture with Coach Wooden. So that was a special time. And I think maybe one other time when I was at UCLA, Coach Olivier connected um, our team with Coach Wooden. So that was always special to know that you know to be around the goat of goats when it comes to being let, a Bruin. Let Let me then ask the other question that is so important. Um, Obviously, academics were important, but more important is leadership. Leadership skills, are, I think, are, are sometimes born or in you, but they're usually made through hard work and, and, and um, mentors. Who were your mentors and how did you learn the leadership skills that have held you in such incredible uh, uh, positive energy since your UCLA days? Yeah, you know, while I was in school, um, you know, I really leaned on my coaching staff a lot. So like I talked about the staff, those were always my go to's Um, as I became a professional and now into like my coaching room. 
Um, one of my first coaches, his name is Ed Prohoski. Um, he's a legend in Minnesota and coached high school basketball and coached us in the pros. Um, I really lean on him because, uh, you know, the, the older guys are the wise guys, but also just him pouring into me and believing in me. And um, he knows me and knows my my journey. And, and sometimes you have to kind of reset and go back to, you know, what you know. And when times get tough and, and that in those areas but you know as as a player I played for an amazing um uh with amazing teammates and for amazing coaches and so having to be in the same locker room with Lisa Leslie and Tina Thompson um having to share a court with Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird um those are you know leadership qualities that I learned um as being their teammate um as being a sponge and um, watching them watching how they are, go about their profession every single day um you, you just learn the ins and outs of you know how to be a profession professional but also um, what it takes and how how hard you have to work when your best players are your hardest workers and you know that's great examples for everyone else to follow you, you know as we uh, uh have a couple more minutes in this round i just want to ask you this question um 37 years old and the old lady of the uh, WNBA, Sue Bird, was just <laughs> featured in a remarkable and wonderful uh, piece on 60 Minutes. Um, and I'm curious how it is to coach a, a legend like Sue Bird. Uh, is the age a factor? Uh, <laughs> or do you find that by merely leading by example and, and, and being organized, which I know is your, really, your strong suit as a coach, does that kind of solve things regarding coaching somebody who has been around as long as Sue Bird? Yeah, you know, sometimes it, it requires me to just get out the way, <laughs> you know, because she is like, she's a coach, she's a player coach. Um, but also what, what Sue does is like elevate everybody around her so for me if I want to be um quite honest it's like you you, you don't want to walk in a room and you not not have any any answers uh any questions unanswered um because you haven't done your due diligence or you haven't done your homework or you haven't studied enough you know so um what she does is elevate everybody else whether it's on the court off the court um and that just allows me to be better as a coach and for me to have someone of her caliber um, leading us, um, but also um, showing us the way by how she works. Um, age isn't a factor to her. Like I never talk about age with Sue, but I just enjoy the essence of her because what she's doing, um, she still does it at a high level. She thinks the game, um, she knows her strengths, she knows her weaknesses. Um, but at the end of the day, she's done it for a long time. She's had longevity. She's done it the right way. And there are things that we all can continue to learn from her. I'm sure that she would say the same thing as a player learning from us as a staff um so it just it helped it's it's amazing to me just because it's like a, it's a it's such a great learning experience well before we jump to our next segment just want to prep for our listeners to hear about this transition of going from elite basketball at ucla at the college level to playing more than a decade at the professional level as a woman athlete in you know a network in a in a society in which being a professional female athlete is not very common. And even nowadays in 2022, most of us don't pay attention when there's so much, you know, eliteness. I keep using the word because that's what our, our AD at UCLA is all about right now. Coach, um, please give us an insight really quickly before we go. What was that transition like? 
it was tough, you know, but what I do know is that UCLA instilled so many values within me, work, hard work, uh, when the going gets tough, you're not going to roll over, you figure it out, you adjust. Um, and, you know, my first few years in the league, it was, it was adjustment, it was figuring out that you're going from being, you know, the top player on your college team to now everyone it has been a top player, an elite player um, on their college teams. And you're going against grown women now, you know, so that transition was difficult. But again, getting into a team when I played in Los Angeles, getting um, to play alongside some vets and understand like how how to come to work every day, how to prepare um, your mind, your body. Um, I think, you know, I, I broke through in, in that way in that year because I finally figured out um, what it takes to be a pro. This is Lucy Sang with Gary Stern and Coach Noel Quinn on After the Glory. We'll be back. This is Daryl Wayne here to talk to you about the co-creator and co-host of After the Glory, Woodland Hills lawyer Gary Stern. When Gary's not talking to elite athletes, you can usually find him doing what he's been doing for almost 45 years, navigating the world of government. As a college student and young professional, Gary helped folks deal with federal and state agencies through his work as a caseworker with a local congressman and state senator. That work prepared Gary for a career as a consumer lawyer. Today, Gary still helps people in all walks of life, but his passion nowadays is his service as a mediator, mostly in cases like the ones he's been handling for over four decades, where people have been injured in accidents or in connection with their employment. You can learn more about Stern Law, the law offices of Gary N. Stern at his website, www.sternlaw.org, that's S-T-E-R-N. Or you can call him at 818-710-2717. That's 818-710-2717. And we're back on After the Glory. This is Gary Stern with Lucy Seng and our special guest, Coach Noel Quinn of the Seattle Storm of WNBA. Um, you know, Noel, our, our show is not so much about what happens between the lines, but the, the kind of things that, that, that make a person an elite athlete and how that translates to time after uh, playing days. You had a great 12-year career in the in WNBA. Uh, you played overseas, and uh, and that really solidified things monetarily. Um, but were you planning to be a coach during your entire career? Was, was the idea that I think I've got what it takes to be a coach, and I'm going to prepare for it during my career? Uh, is that Was that something that describes your arc during your 12-year career? Honestly, no. But there are things that I did in my career that I figured out now I was like, oh, that was preparing me to be a coach. For instance, when I played overseas, um, I would just write things or in general as a player, I write things in a notebook, like plays that I liked and verbiage and things that coaches would say that I would remember that would resonate with me. And as I think about that and I've reverted to that notebook, I'm like, wow, I can use this right now <laughs> in my coaching, in my coaching path and my coaching strategies. So um, and the same thing as I played the game, I, I eventually became a point guard in the league. And a lot of people were like, you play the game like a coach, like you're all always telling people where to go um, and all of those things. So, you know, naturally I had the tendencies, but I didn't connect the dots until I was given an opportunity, uh, honestly. And, you know, I always thought the game um, in, in a wide way. So as a player, I never was tunnel vision and like, I'm going to learn how to play and only, only know my position. Like I prided myself in knowing every position on the floor 
so when you think about these like aspects of like how I played and how I prepared, it was essentially how coaches, you know, prepare um, for their games or for their practices. So I never saw it. Yeah, but it it came about. (laughs) Aren't you being a little bit modest, though, because even during your playing career, you also went into coaching at your at your alma mater in high school. And and, and that overlapped. Uh, Tell us about coaching while you were still a player. Yeah, you know, and I my last two years playing in the WNBA, I actually stopped playing overseas. And within that time, um, got an opportunity to coach at Bishop Montgomery. And again, it was something the principal who was my principal while I attended Bishop, she was she saw it within me. She's like, you can do it. Can you do it? We want you to do it. And I, I would do anything for her. So um then as I started to, to, you know, really dive into coaching at that level, I found like I had a passion for teaching basketball and I had a passion for um, making sure that, you know, I, I like really take care of these young individuals. And it wasn't only about the basketball, I was teaching them about life skills, um, asking them about their academics and how their families are. And um, I had this responsibility to be this light to this group of women and group of young ladies. And then I actually, the basketball is the icing on the cake, being able to teach them um, and, and just to see them grow from freshman year to senior year. Um, I just, I know that was my first opportunity and we, we won a championship my first year. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I like that. You know, that, was, that kept me in it too. <laughs> I like to win. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed um, that level because um, of the, that, that age group is so impressionable. Well, it sounds like love and basketball goes beyond the court, which is incredible. (laughs) Um, As we wrap up, I'm curious, one of the things, and this might be a more of a selfish slash personal question for me, as Mm -hmm. I shared with you offline, I'm expecting a baby girl soon. And I'd love to, you know, train her to become a WNBA player one day. We'll we'll get there. I'll give her some time. But (laughs) one of the things I think about for professional female athletes is, if you were to decide to have a kid, you actually have to go on leave, right? For a whole season, if not more. Whereas men, your partner can have a kid and you can still ball out. Mm-hmm. What has that been like for you or your, your colleagues? What, what is that transition like? And, you know, both physically and, and mentally having being a professional athlete. Yeah, you know, I haven't personally experienced it, but I had close friends and teammates who have. And, you know, the the strength of a woman to go through nine months of pregnancy and then come back and, you know, put your body back into tip top shape to perform at the highest level. Um, at that time, you know, early on in the, in the W, um, you know, you didn't get you, you got a portion of your salary. Um, but now with the new CBA, women who are pregnant, they get the entire their entire salary, which is a a great, a great change. But yeah, I think, you know, naturally it's tough because you have to make a decision. You know, I need to go, I need to, you know, financially get, get stable, right. And and make a a living. So, but when do I map out when I should have a baby? Do I want to do it when I play or do I want to wait till my, then in my career, but then if I play till I'm older than 37 yeah 37 and that window becomes smaller so yeah as women we make sacrifices and you know we um it's you know we go through so much and I think that's that's why I'm just an advocate for women and supporting women women uplifting and empowering empowering women because man just thinking of all the things that we have to do just to survive and live I hope our 
our listeners uh, have a deeper appreciation now for the quality human being, uh, Noel Quinn, who became a latest inductee in 2020 to the UCLA Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, spent two years as an assistant coach at Seattle before getting the job in 2021. And uh, she said this, quote, the loyalty and support that our fans show epitomize the pride this city has for the storm. My time in Seattle has been so special, and I look forward to continuing to uphold the standard of excellence our organization shows both on the court and in the community. And I dare say, Noel, that you have demonstrated to all of us uh, just the in incredible human being you are and that you've got many, many years of leadership, both in sports and in the community and in life uh, in the years ahead. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. He's a true Bruin, y'all. We love it. There you go. Go Bruins. Take care. Thanks again, Noel. Thank you. Lucy and I hope you enjoyed this edition of After the Glory. As we leave you until next time, we want to thank our team, our producer, Mark Allen, executive producer from Podclips, Mike Anderson, and our sound engineer and editor, the insane Daryl Wayne. We are also grateful for music by T. Dan Hofstede. And as we close out this episode of After the Glory, we honor our guest with our theme song, written and sung by my brother in baseball, T. Dan, the master of music from the islands and the slack key guitar. Until next time, stay safe, healthy, and athletic. Living the dream on a shooting star. Hometown crowd cheering what you are. Living large and riding high. Razzling and dazzling across the sky. Back in the day, so young and strong. Work or play, you can do no wrong. But when that ride is through. your story, what you're gonna do after the glory, step back and take it.